Craig Hostetler, and I want to welcome you to the Black Sheep Experience. Thank you for hanging out with me on the podcast today. Uh, it's been a bit. <laughs> I took a, I took a little bit of time off from the podcast, but I am really excited uh, and happy to be back. This is episode number forty-six. You know, I'm I'm particularly excited about this podcast because it's something that resonates really deeply with me. Um, that I have a connection with, and so I'm really excited to present it to you. My guest today is a, an individual by the name of Kaisi, also known as Reverend Valerie Love. Now, she claims the Christian witch title, right? It's one she claims and promotes, um, and is one of the more prominent individuals in that movement. She has a booming uh, YouTube channel that you should check out, and she's also the author of 17 books. The latest, um, which is a great book, is called Confessions of a Christian Witch, How an Ex-Jehovah's Witness Lives Magical, and How You Can Too. And um, so I think this is really going to be a, a... Well, I already know because I was a part of it, but it's a very interesting subject, and particularly for those of you who, like me, have an affection for um, Christ and also for, I think, some of the magical aspects that are a reality um, and surround us. And so I think for those of you that are already in that zone or are interested in expanding. I think this is really going to be a great conversation for you to be a part of. Now, if you'd like to dive further into this subject, of course, you can find uh, Kaisi at her website, ValerieLove.com. You can find her on YouTube. You can certainly jump on Amazon and purchase some of the books that she's authored. Uh, and there's also some really, there's some other great books on this subject out there. Uh, one of those is called The Path of a Christian Witch, uh, which is a, a, a really great book. And the author of that book is Adelina or Adelina St. Clair. I'm not sure exactly how you pronounce that. And then the other book is called The Christian Witch's Handbook by H. Fuller Hutchinson, which is a great book as well. There's a couple of really good, um, um, I, I, I guess, pages, maybe you'd call them, on Facebook that deal with this subject as well. One of my favorites is um, the, uh, the Christian... Um, Witch and the Craft uh, Facebook page, which is really good and great and has a ton of studies on it for those of you looking to explore this area of your spirituality. Now, the other thing that's kind of interesting is this podcast is being posted uh, on March 1st, 2020, which is um, on this day. March 1st, in 1692, the Salem witchcraft indictments and trials begin, uh, where 20 human beings were convicted and put to death, really murdered, 
um, by the religious zealots of that day. They even killed a couple of animals who they accused of witchcraft. That's right. A couple of animals uh, died because uh, they were believed to be performing witchcraft. And so it's interesting that this particular podcast comes out on this particular day. I don't necessarily think that it's a coincidence. I think that it's, um, I don't know, something divine, <laughs> right? But, um, yeah, so anyway, I'm really, I'm really um, excited to be able to present it to you. I think that you're going to enjoy it quite a lot. Now, at the end of the podcast, I have some more information uh, about Kaisi and um, where you can reach her and how you can connect with her. And um, also on a few materials and things of that nature, if you want to explore the idea of being a Christian witch. Let's jump into the podcast and uh, the conversation between myself and Kaisi on Christian witchcraft. Okay, everybody. Uh, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. So I'm really excited because um, I've got, um, I, I think, a very interesting guest today who is going to, I think, really speak to where... Um, I think so many of us are at, and I know personally where I'm uh, kind of, um, I guess, evolving into. So my guest today is um, Reverend Valerie Love, also known as Kaisi, who she's got several books out. The latest, I think, is The Confessions of a Christian Witch, um, where she talks about how an ex-Jehovah's Witness lives a magical life and how we can too. So, Kaisi, welcome. Thank you also for being on the podcast today. Oh, thank you so much, Greg, for the invitation. I appreciate it. And thank you for the work you do with the podcast. Yeah, well, you know, it's uh, it's a little bit selfish probably because <laughs> I, I, uh, I kind of use it to help my own personal, I, I think, spiritual evolution uh, and, and that's one of the things I think that really has uh, kind of, um, well, that's really one of the reasons why I, I wanted so badly to have you be a part of um, the podcast, because you've really been through quite an evolution. You, I guess, started out as um, a, a Jehovah's Witness, and now you have this Christian witch title today. So can you... I guess that's a good place to start. How did this evolution for you kind of unfold? Well, it has been a very long, circuitous uh, road, uh, as all spiritual evolution is. It's not linear, right? So right. When I was, <laughs> yeah, so I was, I was born and raised in New York City in Harlem, right in the middle of the hood, to a nineteen-year-old single mom in the sixties who lived with her parents. So. The, the setup of my early childhood was that we had an extended family and very close. Four generations lived in the same building, sort of this tenement building in the hood in Harlem. And and when I was three, my mom met a Jehovah's Witness on the street. And by the time we were four, I was four, we were totally inducted, I guess you could say, into the cult of Jehovah's Witnesses. So from the age of four to the age of 30, when I broke free, that's about 26 years I was deep into being a Jehovah's Witness. I mean, deep into it, pioneer and everything. So, because I'm, I'm sort of this um, 
fanatical kind of person. I go all in. I'm the cannonball into the pool kind of gal. So I was all in and had a disturbing soul opening. And it, it was disturbing going through it. Now, in retrospect, it was the best thing that could have ever happened. I went into a very deep depression around 28, 29, around the Saturn return, right? Around 28, 29. Very deep depression because my soul was caged. And so the depression almost brought me to the brink of, of uh, taking myself out with a bottle of pills. I just had my second child um, to, from my Jehovah's Witness husband because I did everything I was told. And I was standing there in front of the medicine cabinet in the bathroom looking at this bottle of 800 milligram Motrin that they gave to me uh, for the pain after I had the baby and thinking to myself, uh, reaching for the bottle and thinking to myself, how many would it take for me, I didn't say to take myself out, how many would it take for me to go to sleep and not wake up? That's how deep in a black hole I was. And what drew me back from the edge, I, I saw myself teetering right on the edge. What drew me back from the edge was who's gonna who's gonna take care of my children? I was nursing the baby and I had a toddler. I had two kids by then. Mm-hmm. Who was gonna take care of my kids? And I could not bear the thought of the kids. Now the husband, all the other people, my mom, everybody else in the witness clan, I just thought about the kids and that's what brought me back from the edge and that's what set me on the path. Yeah, that's you know, I, I there are a lot of those kind of hero heroes journeys where they have that kind of that that dark night of the soul. I think maybe that tips the scales. Um, but if you were you were so indoctrinated, and and you know how doctrine works in, in that setting, it almost becomes your personality. Well, your like your identity. So yes. you're at this dark place, but you and 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 you make this decision you know, that, that you need change, which you did, obviously, and, and thank God, you know, that, that you were shaken to that level that you could, you know, then have the power and the inspiration of your children to make that change. But wasn't that a difficult process? Because the doctrine at that time was so deeply a part of who you were. Was that, a, that, that must have been a frightening time, right? Oh, my goodness. It was one of the most difficult things I'd ever done in my life up until that point. Because in the Jehovah's Witness cult, it is so thorough. They do not allow relationships with people outside of the cult. So because everything is witness world, and they make a very profound argument to keep people in place, They say you will lose three things if you leave Jehovah's Witness land. One, that you will lose God, Jehovah, because they have Jehovah. They have God. Nobody else does, according to their doctrine, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Two, you're going to lose your family because your whole family is in, and they're not going to talk to you. They're going to turn their backs on you. And three, you're going to lose the entire community, and we're all going to turn our backs to you. And ousting is a powerful threat to keep people it's almost like a banishment that's very powerful because we as humans we require community uh, love connection right we we don't we don't thrive without it so i had to navigate that and the 
strangest person helped me navigate that. <laughs> it was it was just so bizarre that I had this business. I was doing network marketing, and though I could sell things to people, I could never fraternize with them, never build relationships, never um, really go deep with anyone outside that wasn't wearing the Jehovah's Witness label. And there was this one lady, her name is Kitty, I'll just call her Kitty, because I mentioned her in the book, I talk about her in the book, who did not fit what the witnesses said a worldly person was. Now, the witnesses had told us, don't go near a person that's worldly, quote unquote, because they're not a witness, they're probably in living in debauchery, sin, <laughs> you know, they're in, in league with Satan the devil, like, don't go near anybody like that. You, you, why would you want to have relationships with people like that when you have all these holy people that are Jehovah's Witnesses, and we're all going to be together, you know, and unless they come over here, no. So, Kitty, I looked at her life, and her life, Craig, was so blessed, I couldn't make heads or tails of it. And you may think that this sounds like a strange thing, but when you're indoctrinated to believe a certain thing and you actually meet something that is the exact opposite, it's jarring for the consciousness. Kitty was that one that had this beautiful blessed life. She had a beautiful home. She had a wonderful husband. She had a wonderful career. She had money. She was doing really, she was doing a lot better than a lot of the witnesses I knew. And I could not figure it out. And she went to church every Sunday. And according to the witnesses, she should have been miserable. And she wasn't. And I kept sniffing around her life, looking for the debauchery, looking for, okay, something's got to be wrong with this lady. And she wasn't. She was just a regular person living her life and making it the best that she could make it, like a lot of us on planet Earth. That was it. She mm. wasn't in league with the devil. And so she started to really, now my soul had already unraveled a whole lot. She was sort of a very powerful catalyst that I needed to uh, bust up just the construct, the mental constructs that were there. Yeah. Yeah, th those are tough to go through. I know, um, so my wife and I were in um, a very legalistic uh, Christian uh, denomination. It, they're, they're, they're called apostolic, you know, oneness Pentecostal. And it's very oh, much yes. the same thing. You know, it's we have all the answers and nobody else has them. And uh, yeah, you know, in, in, any, in, any slight deviation from the doctrine is going to send you to hell. And so I understand the, you know, that, that, that idea of, I don't know, it's, there's a deep fear, I think, in the beginning of turning away from essentially, you know, that, that security, it's almost a sense, it's not, it doesn't feel secure, but it is your sense of security. You know what I mean? Yes. It's that security blanket that gets yanked away when we are on this journey of the hero, um, the soul's journey. Uh, all the security blankets are going to get yanked away. Yeah, yeah, it, it is. A, it's a tough move to make, but once you make that move, you you begin. I think at that point, it allows you to maybe open and expand um, to, to newer things, which is sort of where I'm. 
at now, you know, it's funny because uh, a lot of the people that I've met, even outside the realm of, of, let's say, the Christian faith, even those that are, uh, you know, maybe involved in more of a like a pagan style of belief system, um, I've even found that so many of those people are are genuinely loving individuals. And so that kind of rocked my world a little bit. It's like not all of these people are, are horrible human beings. You know what I mean? Right. That's exactly right. And it may sound very strange for us to have these kinds of beliefs. But when you're in that system for so long, and, and I was in it from childhood, these beliefs have really taken root and have to be uprooted. They're like trees growing conscious as weeds. They have to be uprooted. Yeah, it's scary. Honestly, so now mm-hmm. you you started out as as a Jehovah's Witness, and then you expanded or or evolved beyond that. How did you become, I guess, involved in in more of a a, a witchy type of a of a lifestyle? Because that's quite a that's quite a journey from. <laughs> so how did that all evolve? It's quite a leap, yeah. <laughs> you know, for me, on a soul level, it wasn't really a leap at all, because I've always been witchy. When I was three and I was little in the house, I saw things, I've always seen spirits. I've always seen, I've always had the, the, the sight, as people say, people ask me, are you psychic or whatever? I said, I can see, I can see things. So one of the things that my mother's friends used to always say when I was little was tell that girl to stop staring at me. I made them so uncomfortable. Now, I wasn't staring, so I thought. I was peering into the soul, so I could look into people's eyes. Grown-ups, now, this is me, like, seven, eight, around my mom's shoulders with his friends. And I could see who was lying, who was not living according to, and I didn't say anything. It was like watching a movie. It was like watching a movie. And it made the big folks very uncomfortable my sight and then when I talked about all the things that I saw in the house growing up this was um when I was little three or so I never like who's that man over there or who's that or who's that oh it's imaginary friend or isn't that cute you know well now when I by the time I turned four everything became the devil so I was never afraid of anything until you know four five six seven they start to talk about oh no that's Satan the devil anything you see it's Satan the devil. Mm-hmm. God doesn't operate like that anymore. God doesn't send angels. God, well, what about spirits? What we live in a spiritual universe. What about all these spirits that inhabit it? That if your eyes open, you can see, you can experience. There is no explanation for that. It's all the devil. Mm-hmm. So I've always been. I was born. I'm, I'm, I was born a witch, and I believe that we are born and placed in a space that is so far from who we really are what it looks like on the surface so that we can have this coming home to self. Mm. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because, um, my, my wife, for instance, is, you know, she has, she has a lot of dreams, you know, and, and many times those dreams will actually come to pass, you know, and, and at first it's like, well, how can somebody have, you know, that many dreams, but, but she does. And then I, you know, in my own case, from the time that I was a very small child, um, 
I could always sense the energy, almost even the personality of like trees or plants, you know, uh, almost as if they were individual in their own uh, self and I, and derive energy from that. And so, of course, then when I became a Christian, those things became suppressed because they don't fit, they didn't fit in the context. Uh, but as much as you try to deny, I think those inherent, I don't know if you want to call them abilities or traits, they're still present. And so at some point, one of the things that I often say is at some point you have to deal with the fact that you have those abilities or you have those senses and um, maybe it is, you know, that you are psychic. Maybe it is that you you do have the ability to sense the energy that is around you. And as as you said, maybe you are in your own in your own right a witch because the word witch in and of itself that's not a derogatory or a bad term. Is that correct? That's right. For me, it's a very powerful. Uh, I don't want to call it label, knowing. I call witch a knowing, mm. the knowing. And it's a very powerful knowing. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about, because you, I, I'm sure you've had to deal with at some point, um, the idea that Christian and witch are not two words that go together. <laughs> Ooh, that's been the, that's been the hotbed of, of conversation with the work I do on planet Earth. That, that's <laughs> So how have you dealt with that? And um, then, of course, you know, there's some there's some biblical scriptures as well that that can give us trouble. So can you talk a little bit about that, the unraveling of that and how you've made that work in a in a harmonious way? Yes. So when I was making my exit from the witness world, I had this dark night of the soul, as we were discussing earlier, and I was deep, deep, deep in depression you know, blinds drawn, you know, curtains drawn, kind of darkness, don't want to get out of bed to take a shower. You know, I often say if I wasn't nursing my baby, I don't know how I would have had the, the wherewithal to get up and make bottles. So that's where I was. And my soul one day said to me, get up. And it was one of those like, shoot straight up in bed, kind of get up. I guess I had had enough. And the ultimatum was live or not. And it didn't really care what which one I chose, because we know death is no thing. It's not a thing. It's dropping form. So it gave me an ultimatum. If you're going to live, then really live. But this, you're not going to do this. So I got up. It said, get dressed. So that was a gargantuan task. Oh, my God, get dressed. It was like, you know, a vampire crawling out of the lair or something, right? Get dressed. I got dressed. It took go outside. I went outside. And it was giving me commands just like this. Because that's about all I could do. Like, if it had strung all the commands together, get dressed, go outside, do this, I probably would have thought, oh, this is just too much. I would have felt overwhelmed and stayed in the bed. I get dressed. I got up dressed. Go outside. I went outside. And it said, breathe. And I took this long, deep breath. And I realized in that moment, I had been panting through life. I had been panting. I had been holding my breath. I had been panting. 
And I took a deep breath and it said, look up. And I looked up and there was this vast, gorgeous blue sky above my head. And it said, walk. And I walked. And I tell you one thing, Greg, between breathing, looking up at the sky, walking outside, they're still my saving graces, even to this day. To this day. And that was 20 some odd years ago. It was decades ago. And it became part of my life. So that was an opener, breath, and breath work. That was an opener to worlds and universes beyond the physical, which I had already known existed, as you described, if I hadn't suppressed them because, oh, well, the big people tell me it's the devil, so I guess you guys got to go away and, you know, third eye shuts, right? Mm -hmm. Until you decide to open it back up again because you don't have to see anything you don't want to see. So... When that occurred, that ultimatum, a zest kicked in that said, okay, I'm going to really live. And that's when the exit from the witnesses, because at that time I was still living in the house with the husband, with the two children, with the elders knocking on my door, going to the kingdom hall, people whispering behind my back, what's wrong with Sister Evans? I was Sister Evans back then, what's wrong with her? Oh my God, something's going on. Right? Mm -hmm. When people start talking about you in hushed tones behind your back, (laughs) you know, something in your life is unraveling. Well, after uh, that experience, I began to read books, and my mom and everybody is talking to me, oh my God, don't do that, this is terrible, you know, Jehovah doesn't like that. I remember having a book about Buddhism. I started reading everything the witnesses don't do, and said never touch. And they even have a book on all the world's religions and why each one is wrong. Mm. And I said, well, let me throw out everything I believe. I threw out my whole belief system and kept one thing that I knew was true. God is love. That's all I knew, Greg. God is love. I'm going to keep that. The rest, uh, Jesus, Lord and Savior, who knows? Uh, God's in heaven. The devil's in hell. Who knows? Who knows? The witnesses don't even really believe in the hell thing um, and burning hell as we, as most Christians have it. They believe something different. Whatever it was, I threw it all out. And I went on my own independent, agenda-less search. Just, just God, just show me the truth. Just show me the truth. And that's when I ran into uh, fairies and uh, angels and demons and angels are not always good and demons are not always bad. Who's doing a lot of killing in the Bible? Bunch of angels and whoa, everything is. It's like Dorothy, you ain't in Kansas no more. Mm-hmm. Whoa. <laughs> it started opening up because I didn't have the constraints of the agenda anymore. Mm. Yeah. I, those things are so tough, you know, um, one of the things that um, my wife first got into is we went to a, a, a class on tarot, and um, which she's very good at. But uh, I, I can't tell you that in the beginning it wasn't a little intimidating because I guess on some level maybe I believed that you were somehow conjuring, you know, the, 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 the devil himself, but it, it was interesting. Yeah. Actually, um, the tarot readings were, were so insightful in a good way. You know, they, they were life affirming and, um, they helped to open up, I think in, in so many ways, 
maybe what I should be doing or, or ways that I wasn't putting my best effort forward. And uh, I begin to see them in, a, in, in kind of a different way. But I can't say that that was in the beginning, that that was an easy thing to open up to. It was, it was a little intimidating. It was a little bit scary. So um, you, you just sort of threw caution to the to the wind, followed your intuition. <laughs> what? How did you begin that process? <laughs> that is an excellent question because I am somewhat of a rebel. And now I understand why I have that. I guess we're on the black sheep experience because I was the black sheep. I was always the black sheep of the family. Yeah. I was the rebel. I was the one that did not believe everything people told me hook, line, and sinker, even though the conditioning was so good. It was just like this little tiny voice, this still small voice that was like, uh-uh. Right? So, yes, it takes freaking uh, backbone. It takes an unbreakable will, you know, to to know, to dare, to will, to keep silence as life as Levi, Levi as uh, life as Levi talked about it in his book, and in uh, the witch's pyramid, you know, to know, to will, to dare, to keep silent. That's real. You have got to know what's going on in this great big universe, mm. and not just know it from books. Know it experientially. And you've got to dare. You've got to have the courage of a Joan of Arc. And you've got to will. You've got to have an unbreakable will. And you've got to keep a lot of this stuff silent to yourself so that you can integrate it and contemplate it. And and sort of like somewhat monk-like. There's a monk-like aspect to it as well of silence and turning within. A lot of silence. Because my, 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 my life was so noisy. It was a rule every 10 seconds. Do this, do this, do this. And they keep your life busy and full and noisy so mm-hmm. that they can keep your head, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, that that's definitely a technique, I think, that, that they use to keeping you busy, getting you involved and, and integrated so that you don't, uh, you know, yeah, you don't have outside influence. You don't have a lot of time to think and contemplate. Uh, so you, you got rid of all of this and then you decided at some point that you were a Christian and that you were a witch, both. Um, so at some point you said, yes, I, I, I believe in the, I guess the Jesus, uh, persona, individual Christ consciousness. And I also am a witch and then you just married the two uh, because you were forging your own your own journey, I guess. Well, that's a good, that is an excellent question because for me, it didn't feel like anything to forge or anything to bring together. This is this is the oddity of it. It didn't. It never felt like it was uh, something that I had to. Oh, what's the word? Marry. Even though, because of the religious experience, it seemed like I had a face-off going on inside of me. I had the witch on one side, I had the Christian on the other side. They were facing each other. Both of them had their arms folded. Both of them were like, I ain't going nowhere. So Mm. figure it out. Right? They were both inherent. 
right? They're, they're both inherently part of me because I have a deep connection with Christ, the angels, uh, all the stuff in the book of Enoch and, and the Bible books. That fascinates me to my core. I'm not giving up the Bible, just not doing it. It's too much of a treasure trove of energy. And I heard a Kabbalist say the other day that the, the Bible is a non-religious book of energy that explains the DNA of energy and how energy works. It's a non-religious book, but we have many groups that have hijacked it for themselves and said what it means. So I did have on one level the Christian and the witch facing off on a very deep, profound level. There's only one. So that oneness beneath the surface, it was always there. Mm-hmm. That's ultimate reality, isn't it? That's truth. Yeah. But there's no separation. Yeah. So I just got more in touch with that aspect. I mean, I did a powerful spell, and I'll probably write about it at some point because it was probably one of the most powerful spells that I've ever done in my entire life. And I didn't know what I was doing. I was making it up as I go, and those are the best spells ever, aren't they? Not maybe one that you get from a book and do it precisely. I'm the kind of witch that makes up my own spells. And I pray a lot of witches do that. Even though there's tremendous merit to following a spell step-by-step in books, that's just not how my magic works. It's pretty much on-the-fly magic, (laughs) not uninformed magic and not chaos magic. It's the magic that emerges from my soul based on what I know about the properties of crystals and essential oils and sound and prayer and tarot and all of the disciplines that I've been inducted into over the last many decades. So I did this magic spell, this spell. And the spell was my tarot deck and my Bible. It included other things as well. The essence of the spell was that I completely integrated my tarot deck into the Bible. Because tarot, for me, was the quintessential symbol of the witch in me. You know, the seer, this divination person, this person that can see people's whole lives, this person, you know, that kind of thing. And the Bible represented the Christian. So integrating those two, yes, it's sympathetic magic, right? This is the core of sympathetic magic. Integrating those two meant I integrated those two aspects of myself that really are not two different things. That's just our egoic separate separation thinking. After I did that spell, it was very profound. An integration happened. And more and more we come home to oneness because Christ and witch are not two different things. They're not. Just like hot and cold is not two different things. So according to the Kabbalion and the ancient laws of Egypt, we know the law of polarity is that hot and cold are the same thing. Just everything is one, just varying in degree, which would mean Christ and the witch are one, just varying in degree. And Christ was, to me, the original Christian witch. So I came home to understand everything's energy. That's it. Yes. This universe is a whole lot simpler, right? Than so, 
we make it out to be. So witchcraft in and of itself is not a religion, right? It's just a, a practice. Is that is that a good is that a fair statement, correct statement? That's an excellent question and for me I'll answer for me because witchcraft is so varied from which to which. So for me, which is a knowing and a craft is something a person practices and masters. Just like um, Christ, when he was growing up with his father, his father was a carpenter. So even though he might have grown up with that, even he may have had gifts with woodworking, nothing said that he was going to actually practice the craft of carpentry mm-hmm. and make these incredible creations for people, probably like his earthly father did, right, according to the story. And back in the day, the carpenter was also the one that set people's bones, which was very interesting. They were healers, too, which they don't talk a lot about that, because they had the wherewithal, the boards and the splinters and things like that, to get yourself back in alignment again. And carpentry in the Bible and the body are very similar, aren't they? So straightening things out, and they could make things very straight. So, when I consider the craft, witchcraft, you don't have to practice it just because you're a witch, right? I was born a witch and I could be a Buddhist somewhere. That's the beauty of the craft. I can choose it. It shows me and I agreed. Yet, I I don't have to practice witchcraft. Uh, Yet, it's a sole function for me. So, I practice witchcraft every day. It's my life. It's who I am, it's what I do. And I chose, as a born witch, to master the craft of magic. Changing things, changing circumstances. It's, it's just really transformation at its very core. Something is one way and you're going to make it another way. And it's your power to do that. And I would say it's your responsibility. Mm-hmm. So... You know, there, there's people out there that are Christian and they have been fed all these different ideas about what that means and what is permissible and what is not permissible and what is good and what is bad. Um, you know, that, a, that a, a witch should be killed, right, and all those kinds of things. But they also have these deep um, things that, that really resonate within their being, you know, that really vibrate and move them. And I I mentioned earlier, you know, for me, it's always been, um, just this, it's not that I love nature. It's that I'm in almost in tune with it, you know, for instance, in my, in my own, uh, 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 property. We have a, a ginkgo tree that has one source of vibrating energy and personality, and then we have an oak tree that has a completely different uh, vibration. And and really, and and when I say personality, I literally mean person personality. Now, I'm not saying that I'm hearing audible voices from these things, but I do sense their presence, and I'm connected to them in some way. Which is uh, a very, I, I, I guess, a very witchy type of, um, uh, I, I guess, ability. So for some, the, yeah. the, the, the modern Christian or would say, okay, I can't do that. I've got to shut that down. But for people who have that, your uh, advice is explore that, right? Yes. 
yes. Because I find that everything, what I found on this spiritual path is everything is an invitation. But we don't have to say yes to every invitation, right? Right. So it's simply an invitation. And I pay attention to my curiosities. I pay attention to what I'm drawn to. And it's like, oftentimes I see an angel standing in front of me with a hand held out. Now, I could take the hand or not. Mm. And many times, uh, you know, I was afraid to take the hand, but I'm the kind of guy like I'll be shaking and shivering, but I'll take the hand anyway because I'm just so damn nosy on one end. <laughs> and I'm always up for an adventure. And what the hell, I can't die anyway, so I might as well. And hey, it's not like what I'm in right now is so great mm -hmm. that I don't want to go forward. So it was a combination of things. But I can say this, that when I became, when I gave myself permission yeah, to it's a go big one. beyond whew, what they told me, if a Christian, listening to this right now, if you gave yourself permission to truly do what the Bible says, study to show thyself approved, and you truly study things far beyond the Bible with no fear and with no agenda, <laughs> the lid will be blown off. The lid will be blown off. And once you know, you can't unknow what you know. Yeah, see, that's the, that is the hard part. I, I think that a lot of people are looking for someone to say or, or to give them permission to explore, you know, one of the things that, and I'm not, I'm, I am in no way a great practitioner of this, but if I wasn't afraid of going to hell, what would I, you know, what, what, what would I be interested in? And I don't know that that seems it's, it's hard, you know, because there's so much fear integrated into the Christian message. And I'm not I'm not talking about Jesus. I'm just talking about the traditional Christian message. There's so much fear integrated into that that you know, if somebody listening right now thinks, well, you know, I'd love to know more about tarot, but I don't want to go to hell or I'd love to know more about casting spells, but I'm afraid uh I'm going to open up the door to Satan. You know, th those things I think are a lot of people are looking for permission to branch out into those areas and explore those areas. I mean, how would someone even begin that you as a Christian, witch, tell, tell the rest of us how someone would even <laughs> begin to, to, first of all, give themselves that permission and then begin to explore some of the things that maybe have been claimed by non-Christian, you know, presences for lack of a better word. The big word that's coming to me now is trust. Okay, trust. I like it. I trust. Mm -hmm. Yeah, trust. You know, um, Craig, we, we've got to trust that there is something bigger than me. I trust that. I've got to trust that this curiosity I have, it's taken me somewhere. And trust takes me so far beyond my little tiny what Kabbalah calls my 1% mind, you know, the conscious mind is 1% of all reality. Well, I want to know the other 99. And we've got to trust that we'll be taken care of. We've got to trust 
that God is at, in charge at all times. Mm. Trust. We've got to trust our steps. We've got to trust ourselves. We've got to trust that, you know, you don't, this is how hell completely went away for me. One thought completely, completely dismantled the entire hell doctrine as just not being true the way they teach it in church. Do you have kids? Yeah, we do. We've got okay. two. Yes. Okay. I do too. I have three kids and three grandbabies. There is nothing any of my kids could do that I would say to them, okay, I'm going to turn on this stove with a fire or take them to a fire and stick their pinky in it because you did something. There is nothing that they could do that would cause me to see, think that that's something that I would, the, the thought wouldn't even occur to me to do that. And Christ said that God is a better parent than we are. Right? Right. Your, your children ask for bread, you don't give them a stone, right? So what is really going on here? And what is truly hell? What does it really mean? And what does the Bible really mean? When you start to ask questions, the holes start to appear very swiftly. Mm-hmm. It's that we have on blinders because we want to, because it's too freaking scary. And many of us have been punks. It's too scary to go out there and go on your own hero's quest and be the Mr. Frodo of your own life or the Joan of Arc or the, now we have Saint Teresa, Mother Teresa, who went against, against the Catholic Church, by the way. Catholic Church doesn't talk about that part, right? Right. That's freaking scary and will require everything of you. I found that this path will require no less than everything, everything. Mm-hmm. And what's easier? Sitting in church every Sunday, let someone spoon feed you, tell you how the world works, tell you you're good at snuggle you up with a blanket, keep you in the matrix, and yay, be happy. And go home to your little life with the little people that are all doing the same little thing, living like hobbits in the Shire. Mm-hmm. When you could be going out on a grand adventure, your own soul journey. Yeah, it's it. I definitely think that, you know, people are being called to expand beyond the, you know... The, the, the colonialized type of Christian experience and certainly even Jesus himself, you know, <clears throat> he was breaking the norms uh, of his day. And so why wouldn't his people be the same way? Now, so h- how would you, how, do, how would someone know, for instance, that they are a witch? Because mm-hmm. probably a lot of people that's been extremely suppressed um, and maybe just now with the popularity of it, they're opening themselves up to the idea, hey, I wonder if that's, I wonder if I'm a witch. How would somebody even begin that process of, of uh, asking that question? Well, it's likely that if they're listening to this right now, they probably are. <laughs> right? Yeah, that's one thing I've seen a lot of. If you have an interest in it, then there's a good possibility that you absolutely are, Right. That's right. And it's so deep. And the witch is so, oh my goodness. The witch, that could be a whole 50 shows, what is witch. The witch is so enigmatic. 
She's so deep and dark. She's so in your face and yet invisible. She's so all the things we fear and yet all the things we are drawn to and can't live without. Like every good story. I put this on the Christian Witches Facebook fan page the other day. Every great story has bad A witches in them, right? <laughs> every great story. <laughs> so, right? Yes. Which is woven into our consciousness. The witch is a powerful archetype. So it's not like any one of us is going to get away from witch. It's not going to happen. It hasn't happened in thousands and thousands and thousands of years, and every single culture has witch in it. Every single culture. So if you are curious about this or drawn to it, it's a very good likelihood that you may be a witch. And if that is the case, get to celebrating. Yay, I'm not a muggle, I'm a witch. Get to celebrating. <laughs> that took me a long time to get to the celebration part. Because, of course, I had to go through the fear part. Oh, my God. You know, I bought the book You Are Psychic by, I think it's Deborah Lynn Katz. I bought the book. Um, don't quote me on the author. But I bought that book because it just jumped out at me at Barnes & Noble. And I threw it away. And I went and had to buy the book again. <laughs> because the Christian was like, oh, my God, you are psychic. No. You know, that was years and years and years ago, decades ago. And I looked at, I came in one day in the bed, it was lying on the bed, and I couldn't let my Baptist husband see it because by now I had a second husband, and, and he was Baptist, and uh, I couldn't let him see it. I'm like, oh my God, I threw the book in the trash. Oh, the book was so good. <laughs> and then I go back and buy the book again. And I say to myself, are you going to put yourself through this? Are you going to be crazy about this? Or are you just going to go ahead and walk on your path and enjoy it? Yeah. So I had to make a lot of choices along the way. A lot of choices. So I'm gonna love this. I'm gonna savor it. In, in a lot of ways it's um it's it's not so much I guess exploring something outside of you, but it's allowing that which is already within you. It's already present. It's already who you are deep within. It's allowing that to blossom. It's it's almost like uh, opening yourself up to your true self. Is that is that close? Yeah, that I feel that's spot on. It takes me to that verse in the Gnostic Gospels, where the Gospel of Thomas, where Thomas is quoting Christ, saying, "If you bring forward that which is within you." that which is within you will save you. If you do not bring forward that which is within you, that which is within you will kill you. Wow. And and, and I'm sorry, where, yeah. where is that from? Oh, that is from the Gnostic Gospel, and that one is the Gospel of Thomas. That's, that's awesome. Christ. Isn't that in, it's profound? So deep in your core... Um, you are a witch. That, that That's something that was always present within you, and you just opened yourself up to it. That's right. And it's been there lifetime over lifetime over. This is not the first time I came in as a witch. Mm -hmm. Many lifetimes. Mm -hmm. Oh boy, that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm that's a whole other rabbit hole. I'm super interested in that. So if somebody wants to, to, to begin to explore this, you know, you mentioned um, about writing your own spells. 
So one of the things I've noticed within the context of what we would call witchcraft is there is no shortage of information, and it can be dizzying. So how does one begin the process? And, and beyond, I know a lot of people say meditation, and, I, and I'm a huge proponent of that, but I guess what I'm talking about is casting spells and kind of learning uh, this process, what works, what doesn't. How does someone really begin that? It's very, that's an excellent question, and here's why. When we take the blinders off, we will see it's been there all along. I grew up with women that were witches, but they would have never called it that. They were all Christian witches because they went to church or they had their Bibles or they went to the kingdom hall, and they came home, and when it was time to heal something, they went into the garden, and they pulled this, and they pulled that, and they boiled something, and they made you eat nasty stuff. And they put copper pennies on babies' bellies when they had an outie. And they set incantations over you while you sleep. And they were doing all manner of witchcraft, but we never knew what it, what it was because we didn't know witchcraft. Witchcraft has been around us all our lives. Mm -hmm. So when you take the blinders off, you'll see it's been there all along. And the amount of knowledge that I have about essential oils, crystals, uh, how to heal, tarot. The first time I cracked open a tarot deck, the tarot teacher said, oh my God, you're a natural. And it, the knowing new came to me. I have been doing this for so many lifetimes. We've, we've been doing this stuff all along. Yeah. Yeah, but, you know, when you talk about writing your own spell, you you just, um, I mean, you, you you follow your intuition? Is that is that what you're doing? Excellent question. Excellent question. So what we must understand is spirit realms. That first, there's something, I think most Christians, we already came to the conclusion that there's something way bigger than me. We would call that God, right? Right. And that there is something, and then there's a junior God named Jesus, <laughs> God Jr. That's Jesus. So, and then we also know that there's a lot of angels. So that's very common in the Christian paradigm. And it's okay in the Christian paradigm to say that an angel uh, helped avert a car accident, but it's not okay for you to actually get to know an angel and ask an angel something, which is bizarre to me, because if they're so helpful, why wouldn't you ask them things, right? Right. So in the Christian paradigm, we do already know that there's upper realms that will help you. Now, in my lineage, because my magic is, goes back to Ghana and Rodun, and the, the lineage from the dark continent, not meaning bad, meaning dark as in deep, mysterious, then ancestors is a part of it. That in my cosmology, we cannot reach, the, uh, reach spirit without the ancestors, right? So the ancestor is my mother, and, and my mother is one of my biggest ancestors, and my grandmother, and her mother it's a maternal lineage of magic that has come to me come through and it's through me to my children and i see it so there's a lot of help on this path so i'm not simply in the dark trying to figure this out if i am silent and i'm still and i turn within in a meditative practice i'm going to hear from the ancestors i'm going to hear from the my holy guardian angel 
I'm going to hear from my spirit guides. And they're going to inform me on what to do. They're going to go this way. I'll be in the crystal shop. The crystal that's supposed to be with me is going to speak to me. If I'm still, if I'm silent, if I'm in that space of the subtle energies. Magic is attunement with the subtle energies. The Mm. grosser energies, these are matter. They've already manifested. Nothing new there. If I want to change matter, I've got to go to the subtler planes of existence. So that's what I would say about someone that has been wondering which book did I... I went to the magic shop, uh, actually Barnes & Noble yesterday. The witch books, there were a plethora, which I'm very happy. There's an explosion. That was not so 20 years ago, 30 years ago. Mm -hmm. Now there's an explosion. Now there's so much you could pick from. And still I say, turn within. Be still and know. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's really an inner knowing and, a, and follow, you know, one of the things that I think is so hard, um, is the denial of that, of that inner knowing and that, that intuition, you know, those things don't go away. You suppress them and you push them down, but eventually they, they, you have to deal with that. You know, you have to deal with who am I at the core of my being and, and what do I truly believe in? Do, do I believe that all things are energy and, and it's manipulable? Do I believe, do I really believe in hell? Do I even really believe in the, in the Christ um, uh, story? Uh, you know, all those things. At some point, you, you have to deal with them. And so this inner knowing that you're talking about, that voice is present. But for a lot of us, we've just suppressed it. We've we've shut it, tried to shut it off, but it's still present, right? It's still there if you're willing to listen. Yes, and it's the true self, so it can't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, one of the interesting things we were in a um, like a new age uh, bookstore several months ago now, maybe a year ago uh, actually, and um, there was a book on uh, Buddhism. And I'd never really been interested in that before, but it was kind of calling to me. And so I, I, I decided, you know, what, I'm going to get this. And I loved it. You know, it just was life altering. And uh, not that I'm a, a Buddhist by any stretch, which, you know, that's a whole different subject because uh, there wasn't. It, there really isn't Christian and Buddhism, right? <laughs> Those are things we made up. But the, the words that he spoke and, and his his ideas about life, they, they were just really life-altering. Um, and so I was so glad that I listened to that, you know, that tug. And so whenever it comes to things like witchcraft or, or whatever, tarot, uh, crystals, which is another thing that at one point in time, I would have been deathly afraid of just following that voice. And, and like you said, trust. Um, but boy, those are contrary to, I think what we've been taught as Christians. Don't you, don't you find that conflict to be true with so many people? Yes, because we have been conditioned from childhood to look at an outside quote unquote authority figure as the one who's going to give you the answers. The teacher, the pastor, the priest, the uh, holy man, holy woman, whomever, the president, whomever. And we have this over reliance on 
quote unquote authority figures that we think are going to save us outside saviors. Mm. Ain't nothing outside saving you. There is no prince on the. You're the prince. You're your own savior. Save yourself. And how? It sounds blasphemous, and it is true. Close your eyes and turn within and make the divinity within your authority, not the personality, right? And we've got to be real clear. It's not the personality. It's actually more the obliteration of the personality so that divinity within can be the authority. Yes, you can listen to others. Yes, read books. Yes, listen to, I love listening to podcasts and they're not the authority. The ruling authority in my life is divinity within. Yeah. Everyone else has a seat at the table. Yeah, I think learning too uh, that just what you said, the the persona that is Craig, for instance, that's that's just a um, that's a persona, that's a story, that's a an animation, if you will. But the true me is something deep, 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 eternal, uh, essentially d- connected to divinity, um, and it's it's much deeper than that. And and one of the hard parts about this is. For so many people out there, they really, truly, honestly don't like themselves. They don't believe in themselves. They um, they don't really care for themselves. Um, and that's a, I think that's a hard. You know, you're you're identifying with the persona instead of the deep inner knowing, the deep resonance of who you are. And you have to separate those, right? Yes. And for me, what really helped is meditation, stillness. I know it sounds repetitive at this point because I keep saying it. (laughs) I don't mean to, to sound like a broken record. There is nothing that can replace stillness, turning within, a meditative practice because this is where the true as someone said the soul is an immortal diamond this is where you discover the immortal diamond you're not going to find it outside yourself and we've never found the answers outside of ourselves even if someone came to us and said something that was brilliant or we listened to a black sheep experience right podcast or we read a great book in order for us to know that this is for us it still was a resonance it had to ring from the inside. Otherwise, we would have tossed it to the side and said, oh, that's a nice idea. doesn't apply to me. How we know that it does apply is because your true self inside is saying, yep, it's like a ding, like a ring of truth. It's like, ooh, right? You read a book and you're like, ooh. That's your true self saying yes. Yeah, yeah. So let me... uh ask you this so if people want to connect with you what and and find out more about what you're doing and and uh, you know what you're all about what what's the best way i know you have your website and and uh you're active on instagram what's what's the best way for people to you know kind of get connected with you valerielove.com okay and then we also have christianwitches.com and I would guess that probably the biggest audience is on YouTube. 
we're blessed now. We are over 56,000 subscribers as of now as when we uh, uh, record this podcast. And I'm not sure what it will be when when viewers and listeners hear this podcast over and over again because the YouTube channel grows every day. So YouTube is the biggest audience where we really talk about this. And on Reverend Val- at ValerieLove.com, we have the YouTube channel that's at uh, Valerie Love also. And then we also have All Things Christian Witches. So we have ChristianWitches.com, we have the Christian Witches Instagram, and we have the Christian Witches YouTube channel. And the biggest audience for Christian Witches also is on Facebook, the Christian Witches Facebook fan page. Okay. So it's all over. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You can't miss us. <laughs> the YouTube channel is great. I've I've seen a lot of the stuff on there. It's very, very, very good. And I, oh, thank you. Yeah, I know people are going to want to, you know, reach out and and uh, and see what you're all about and and connect with you. So, um, and your books are as well. I know those are available on Amazon too, right? Yes. So when you go to ValerieLove.com and you click on book. It'll take you to my Amazon authors page, where now Confessions of a Christian Witch has been going crazy lately uh, since its release just a couple of months ago. And I'm so thankful it's my raw, riveting, real story. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that looks great. (laughs) It looks very good. Yeah. So, okay. Well, I will um, uh, put a lot of that stuff in the liner notes as well so people can can uh, easily connect to it. But I wanted to thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much for the invitation. And thank you for reaching out and being persistent on Instagram because, you know, sometimes reading through a lot of comments on Instagram, I don't always catch it, but something had me just tune into you on Instagram. So thank you. Thank you for the work you do in spreading this message. And the more of us that are speaking about this, the more people that are liberated. Yes. Yeah. I I absolutely agree. And I, I so appreciate you being on and all the work that you're doing. All right, everybody. Our thank pleasure. you so much for uh, tuning in today. And I will catch you on the other side of the music. All right, guys, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. I hope you really enjoyed that conversation. I I really did. I really thought it was interesting. I really thought there were some powerful lessons and statements and quotes that could be taken away from that conversation. You know, the, the, the idea of witchcraft not being associated with a religion, but instead being associated with a consciousness that is in all things, right? The energy that surrounds us and is available to us. Um, and for those of us in particular who there are certain things um, that, that have always resonated deeply with us, but we've had to suppress because they didn't fit into the colonialized version of what has become Christianity. Um, I think that this conversation gives us permission to begin to explore some of the deeper aspects that are already very much a part of who we are. So um, I mentioned that I was going to give you a few 
pathways to further explore the concept of Christian witchcraft. The first one, obviously, is my guest, Kaisi, also known as Reverend Valerie Love. You can find her on YouTube. She has a lot of great videos on this. Uh, and then her own personal website, which is ValerieLove.com. She has a great book on the subject, which you can find on Instagram. Um, there's a couple of really great um, Facebook pages that you can check out. One in particular is called Christian Witch and the Craft, which is a great page. Um, they actually have studies and things of that nature on that page. Um, and then there's a couple of really, well, first of all, there's a ton of stuff on Google, which I know sounds a little bit lame, but you can check those out. And then there's a couple of great books as well. The Christian Witches Handbook by H. Fuller Hutchinson and, uh, The Path of the Christian Witch, and I'm going to butcher the name, but it's by Adelina St. Clair, also really a great book. So I wanted to give you those aspects or possibilities of paths that you could pursue if this is something that resonates with you. I know it's something that deeply resonates and has meaning with me. I'm not necessarily claiming the title, but there are aspects within it um, that connect very deeply with my innermost being. And I, I'm no longer in a place where I choose to ignore those connections, those reverberations, vibrations, resonances that are deeply a part of who I am. Um, I want to embody them and I want them to be a part of me. You know what I mean? So if it's something that resonates with you, uh, hopefully uh, this gives you a little bit of permission, a little bit uh, piques your interest enough and a little bit of information that allows you to pursue it um, passionately. You know, one of the interesting things that I found uh, with Christian witchcraft or with pursuing a spiritual lifestyle is it's not textbook, which I think for a lot of us, we're used to being told exactly how things work, um, but it's not textbook any more than being a human being is textbook. And so you have to learn to trust that inner voice. You have to learn to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit, the God embodiment within you. And those are not easy things to do because we're prone to make mistakes. That's kind of what human beings do. But I encourage you to follow that deep inner voice, that deep inner resonance um, that's really leading you back to the person um, that you were created to be. All right, man, I will see you next week. I have a great guest for next week as well, and uh, I'm excited to present that to you. But uh, yeah, man, if you dug it, then uh, let me know. You can find the Black Sheep Experience on Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter, although I'm not super active on that, uh, but uh, would absolutely love to hear what you have to say about uh, this episode. God bless you guys. Done. <laughs> Thank you.